we are busy with a series called Ordinary Everyday Lives. Uh, we started this four weeks ago. We looked at the life of Noah last, or two weeks ago, Brian looked at the life of David. Last week, Ricky spoke about the woman at the well and her encounter with Jesus. And this morning, we're going to look at a very interesting character in the Word of God, which only two verses the entire Bible is written about. And before we start that, I want to remind us of the essence of this message. Pete mentioned it this morning, but we've, we've been saying when we study biblical worship, we understand that worship is not a crowd and a worship team, and then we sing some songs because they're leading us. Uh, worship is all of life, and we do it for an audience of one. We do it unto God. We lay down our everyday, ordinary life, as it says in Romans 12, verse 1. We lay it down as an offering before God. And it's in those moments that we do that, that life becomes extraordinary, and we live life in a way that's mindful of Him and everything we do. And once we start making those adjustments, it becomes amazing. I was thinking about it this morning, um, how, how everything is linked on a Sunday morning. When we sing in our worship, we are actually getting the Word of God in. I don't know if you guys knew this. It's important for us to sing theologically correct songs because we sing the Word of God. And my encouragement this morning is, as you listen to the Word of God and me preaching it, Open up your heart and your emotion in the same way that you would do with singing. Because that's what the Word of God does. It stirs us in a way. I'm, I'm, a, I'm looking forward to the day that us very reserved Somerset West people will jump up and start clapping as we get excited about the Word of God when we preach it just as much as we do when we sing it. Do you think it's possible? Yeah. Miracles happen. <laughs> so I'm pr- there we go. Thanks. That's awesome. So to, 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 to wake you up a little bit, I want to ask you a question. Do any of you know the meaning or the biblical meaning of your name? Anyone out here? That's a handful of people. So those of you who do know, quickly turn to your neighbor and tell them what the biblical meaning of your name is. If you don't know, don't Google it now. You can do it after the sermon. But let's quickly, quickly take a minute and tell people next to us what our name means. <clears throat> Wow, some of you have got long names. <laughs> Great. That's about how much time you need. Awesome. If you've got your Bible here, turn with me to First Chronicles. Okay, let's try that again. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of First Chronicles. We're going to be in chapter 4 and we're going to read two verses It'll be up on the screen for those of you who want to follow there. And we're going to read about an interesting character whose name had an interesting meaning. And then we're going to look at how his ordinary life of worship transformed him and how God has used this generations later for us to study and learn something from it. So we're going to read only two verses this morning. And it's First Chronicles 4 verses 9 and 10. Let's read together. First Chronicle 4, verse 9 to 10. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for being our God. I think about Jabez saying, 
I'm going to pray to the God of Israel. Yes, Lord, you're the God of all creation. You're the God of the nations of the world. Yet, you're, you're so personal, Jesus. And we can cry out to you. And as we, we call upon your name this morning, as we open your word, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will anoint your word, that you will use me in a way that you desire to. Lord, that all of us will participate in your word this morning and how we respond to it. And that you would speak clearly to our hearts as we open it up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Two verses on the life of Jabez. That's the only place in the Bible you will find anything about him. And in order for us to understand the significance of these two verses, I'm going to give you a little bit of context on, on the two books of Chronicles. First and Second Chronicles is interesting books. It's actually the whole story of the Hebrew Israel people captured in two books. In our English Bible, it has moved up a little bit ahead where some of the story still continues. But where it should really fit is right at the end of the story of the Hebrew people and the Israel people. Starting with God's journey with Abram and ending with Israel returning from exile and being restored. And then we find in the first nine chapters of the first book of Chronicles an extremely boring time to sit and read through because it's all of the genealogies of the people of Hebrew, the Israel people, the, the, the lineage of Jesus and the Messiah and the lineage of everyone around that. So for nine chapters, it's just a whole lot of names being listed. Anyone, let's be honest, read through that. There we go. Byron, that's amazing. Some people have actually sat and read through it. More than 500 names are mentioned. And yet, in the middle of it, the author took a moment to pause and focus on one name. On the name of Jabez. So there has to be some incredible significance in this. I thought about this. Only two verses written about this guy. And here we are 2,000 years later talking about him discussing his life and it brings life to us and I realize it doesn't matter whether our story is two verses long or whether our story is two chapters long or two books long it's all about living the purposes of God with what he has given us we need to stop comparing in this walk of worship to some of us God has given two verses to some of us he's given two chapters to some of us he's given two books Thank you, Alyssa, for posting this on Instagram this week. But Bob Goff said it this way. We won't be distracted by comparison if we are captivated with purpose. And that is what a lifestyle of worship is all about. Being captivated by this amazing God and what he has called us to be and to do. And here we see a guy who only had two verses in the Bible dedicated to his life. But when we study it, I told Eliana last night, this is so difficult because there's so much in here. How do I put it down to 30 minutes? It's impossible. It's inexhaustible. That's the way the Word of God is. But I want to speak to you about this concept of pausing. I know Brian talked about this two weeks ago. He said David's worship started with God and it stayed with God and it stopped with God. What made the author of the book of Chronicles Pause for a minute to talk about Jabez. When I was in standard nine, yes, that's all I am. I talked, uh, still speak about standards. When I was in grade 11, 
I was working at the bookstore in Menland Shopping Center. I grew up in Pretoria. I wanted to make some extra cash. In fact, it was more my parents saying, you need to get a little bit, bit of a side job. Uh, my parents were intentional in training us to work, even at a young age. So I found a holiday job at Kung Bookstores in Menland, and that quickly became a weekend job, and then some nights a week job. So on Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights, when there's not too much homework, I would sign up to the roster and, and go serve my duties in selling Christian books. So I remember it was in, in the year 2000, post-apocalypse, the world has ended, we're still alive, um, where the book came out, The Prayer of Jabez. Anyone read that book? It was a big hit. Bruce Wilkinson did an incredible job in writing about this book. And the, the, the description for it was how to enter into the blessed life. I remember we, we had boring nights in the, 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 book, uh, the bookstore. There were times where we've listened to all the music and we've read as much as we can. And it was a Tuesday night specifically. And how it works with publishers is they pay the bookstore to put some of the books in the, the window to, to sell a little bit more. And Jabez, or The Prayer of Jabez, was one of those books. And uh, we had this telephone which had an intercom system in it. So if you remove the telephone from the base and you put the base somewhere else, you can speak through it like an intercom. And then it was a Tuesday night. We were dead bored, me and the two other guys working there. So we said, hey, here's an idea. So we went to the front of the store by the door where all the JBS books were, and we placed the intercom, the base of these books inside, or of the phone inside the books, and we built this little tower around it. And then we would wait like candid camera for our, the first person to fall victim. And the two of us, two of us would be around the front of the store, and then the one would be behind by the children's books, hiding. And this moment as people enter the door, like, hello, hello, hello. And then they, they pause and they look at the books like, we are the prayer of Jabez. And then they, they look around and like, pick us up. And they put out their hands and they pick up this book. And said, open to page 23. And you see people like, read the page. And we went, we had probably about 10, 15 people that we caught on that night. It was incredible fun to us. Every one of those people bought the book. <laughs> I think I need to go see the owner of Kum Books and ask for a little bit of uh, extra cash for making sure that we sold the books. But you know what? What happened is that people paused for a minute in the busyness of life. They stopped for a minute to consider something that they probably would not have considered. And there's three pauses in this story. The first pause is the pause of Jabez, where he said, I can imagine all these brothers, all this incredible lineage of people, yet there's one guy in amidst 500 names whose life We're reading about this morning because he paused to speak to Almighty God and to request very specific things from him. The second pause we see is the author of Chronicles where he said, let me just quickly add a comment to this guy's life. And then the third pause is the pause of God where God turned his ear and listened to the request of Jabez. And that's my prayer this morning is that we would pause as we study his life. And say, God, what does this mean to me today? And there's so many applications of this word. I want to start by speaking about a very interesting verse. It says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. This made me pause 
on Thursday morning when I was reading through it again for maybe the fifth time or sixth time. More honorable. I love how that says that his brothers were honorable as well. That they were doing a great job as living as the people of God as well. But then there's this word before it that says more. And I paused for a minute and I said, God, is that possible that one day of my life, it could be said that Pierre did more for the honor of God? He said, God, if that is possible, that's what I'm praying. And my prayer started shifting away from myself and I started praying for us as a house. And I said, God, may we be a house of more compassion. May we be a house of more discipleship. May we be a house of more generosity. May we be a house of more awareness of your power and your presence in our midst. May we be a house that see more of your supernatural work in us. So that we can be a house of God that could be said of they were more in their honoring of God. And this is the life that Jabez led. He was more honorable. His life of worship before God was everything he had. Two verses and he lifted to the full. And today we learn about a man that was more honorable. Let us make that our prayer. To say, God, we want to be more than honorable than you. We want to live our lives in such a way that you receive, receive all the honor and glory. The question is, how do we do it? And I love the word of God. If we go to the end of, of the book and we, we look in 2 Timothy 2, it says, Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. We want to step into the more that God has for us. We simply apply that to our lives. I said, God, I'm going to set apart the way I live. And I spoke about this in the beginning of the series. How Noah set his, part aside, his life aside. And apart from the world he lived in, and there was more honor on Noah. And I want to be set off as a people that we are set apart and holy. And God uses us and we are ready for every good work that he has for us. It's interesting about what we read about Jabez is that his name meant pain. Imagine that. Imagine his friends coming up to him and all his brothers say, Hey, pain, you want to go play a bit? Really, his name literally meant pain. It was actually a backward way of writing the word distress and pain in the Hebrew language. Uh, hey, pain, do you want to go hang out? Hey, pain, come, it's time to eat. He heard it every single day. Some of his brothers had incredible names. Some of the names that his brothers had meant optimistic and strong. Some of his other brothers were called light and lamp. The one brother was called oil and clarity. And here's poor old Jabez walking around and he's called pain. But isn't that beautiful? The redemptive power of the work and the word of God in his life. Because we see how he lives, that, lives this honorable life before God. And before you know it, Jabez's life of honoring God moved him from pain to providence. Where he wasn't stuck anymore in being only a man of pain. But at the end, when God granted him 
all his requests, he lived in providence. Some of us have got some skewed identities because of what life has called us. But there's an incredible God that if we honor him with our lives of worship, he's going to turn the story around. Jabez's life of honoring moved him from pain to providence. He knew who he was calling on. He was sure about that. He said, I'm going to call on the God of Israel. God Almighty, yes, he's the collective God of this nation, but he's a personal God to me. And this morning we have an opportunity to call upon God Almighty and say, God, whatever it is in my life, some of us might be in incredible pain at this moment. If you pause and you live a lifestyle of honor, God will pause and listen to your prayers. And he too can move you in whatever direction he has for you. The preferred identity that you can have in Jesus Christ. A lifestyle of worship set the beginning and the end of our story apart. We saw this in the life of Noah. We saw this in the life of David, the woman at the well. And again, we see this in the life of Jabez. How his life of worship set apart his start to his end. So here's the four things that, that Jabez prayed. I want to stop and look at all four of them. And I'm going to trust God that he speaks to you heart this morning, your heart this morning. And which one of these do you need to trust God for? Maybe it's all four. Maybe it's two out of the four. But there's so much that we can learn from the words that he prayed and he asked God for. First one, and his first request to God is that you would bless me. God's heart is for us. His heart is to bless us to encounter us, to move us from whatever dire situation or identity we have into the providence and goodness that he has for us. And Jabez paused to request this from God. And I want to talk about the word to be blessed or to receive a blessing from God in the biblical sense for a moment because we need to understand what it is to apply it in its fullness to our lives. If we translate or look at the Hebrew word for the word bless there, it's the word barak, which means to kneel. It's very interesting, right? So Jabez was saying, God, as I honor you in my life of worship, and as my posture is one of kneeling before you, won't you bend down and come and meet me here? This is what biblical blessing is all about. It's being in a position where we understand that Almighty God, the God of Israel, is so personal that He comes and encounters us when we are in a posture of worship and honor of Him. That's what the word means to be blessed. Blessing from God biblically is to be satisfied in Him. Blessing from God is to be empowered by Him for things we cannot do. It's important to note here that Jabez didn't put a prerequisite to what that blessing should look like in his prayer. And he even said, God, that you would bless me. In other words, God, it's up to you. But if I may ask, I'm going to kneel down in a posture of worship. And if it's your will, bless me. I want to be in a place where I understand that though I am natural, I can have an encounter with supernatural God. That though I'm mere human Sovereign God 
has got something for me that I can encounter and live by. Blessing, even in the New Testament, where the word there is called makaroi in the Greek, never refers to any material things, never refers to any achievements, never refers to any successes. God's nature is to bless, but our response to that is one of worship. Where we say, we're going to kneel down. And whatever you have for us, God, please may we have it and all of it. I thought about culture. And our culture teaches something so different than what Jesus taught at the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount, where he said, Blessed is it is to be persecuted. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Culture doesn't teach us that this, these days. And I'm going to step on some toes, but we, we go to Facebook and social media and we hashtag blessed our cup of coffee. That's how limited our understanding of biblical blessing has become. Biblical blessing is knowing that we are human and there's an almighty God who encounters us and his favor is upon us and, he's, and he is for us, not against us. But we, we hashtag blessed a cup of coffee or a fantastic meal. And yes, it is a blessing to have a good cup of coffee. Believe me, after being in the States and only drinking Starbucks, I loved coming back and drinking some Lawrenceford again. <laughs> but hashtag blessed in our world today is, has obscured the biblical understanding. And it's almost kind of made us familiar with God. Because anything, you know what, I want that. God, I want that. Can I have it? And then by some means you get it, maybe because you worked hard to get it and you put some money to buy it and then you have it. And that's also the favor of God, yes. And I don't want to go on, on that tangent this morning. That's not what the message is about. But I want you to reconsider those four lines before the word blessed. And next time you want to do it, maybe see it like this. You can change it up to the next one. Just move those two lines down a little bit and see the picture of two knees. That's what it is to be blessed by God, to be in a position and a posture of honoring Him and saying, God, whatever you have for me, I want that. I don't want to be missing out. And if it's not what I think it is, that's okay because you know better. That was what Jabez prayed. What do you have for me that you would bless me with it? The second thing he prayed is, God, enlarge my border. It speaks about influence. Speaks about the ability to do more than what he's doing now. We have to trust God for enlarged borders so that we can honor him to a greater way in the life that he has given us. Be it at work, ministry, your relationships. We need to pray, God, enlarge my influence so that there would be more honor back to your name. Let my life of worship be such a way that there's more for me to do so that you get more honor in the end. That's what it means to have enlarged borders. Here's the thing about an enlarged border. You're going to work a little bit harder. <laughs> we would all love to have enlarged borders, right? But if you speak to Neil and Lucy, who understands the farming community, it means you're going to work a little bit harder, right? If there's greater borders and there's more to do, you're going to have to work a little bit harder. I had the privilege to have a couple of conversations with one of our pastors from China Last week in the United States, he was there to study and he joined us at the conference. And I was completely undone by his stories. I just realized how easy we have it in our culture, how hashtag blessed we are in Somerset West. 
where these guys living extreme persecution, yet the joy that he has is, is unmatched. And he tells this story that I'm going to share with you now with such joy. He said, you know what? We trusted God for enlarged borders. We wanted to have greater influence in our city. We wanted to see more people saved. He said, you know what happened? They closed down our church. They've got a church of 600 people, which is massive in China, underground church that gather. And they've been gathering, I think, for two years in this venue. And they got a a word out from the government that in two days' time, their meeting place has to be neutralized. Otherwise, they're going to be put in prison. You know what happened? Is they quickly gathered 60 men and women of reputable honor and said, would you consider leading a house church of 10? So all of a sudden, this church still continued meeting, but just in their houses. And a house church isn't the way we see it in the Western world where we don't want to be in the big body because church has done so much bad. The house church is just they're gathering in smaller communities. And he said, would you consider that? And the moment they did that, they saw incredible growth. Because they started meeting in houses and the neighbors tuned in and God enlarged their territory and their borders. We serve a miracle working God. And if we ask this, you might be surprised by the way he does it. It might be that there's a trial he's going to put you through to teach you something in your character so that you can carry the weight of those greater borders. It might not be the way that you think it is. But definitely, if it's for his glory and his honor and for the influence of his kingdom, it's a prayer that's going to be answered. The third thing he prayed, it's God that your hand might be with me. It speaks about being covered and under the covering of God and the presence of God with him. I think if God blesses us and enlarges our borders, I definitely want to be under the hand of God. And it links so beautifully with 1 Peter 5 where it says, So humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that at the right time He will lift you up in honor. I think Jabez understood this. That if I encounter incredible blessing, if I see my life and my influence grow, oh man, I've got to remain in a place of humility under the hand of Almighty God. Because it's not about me, it's about the purposes that I serve for the kingdom. He had an eternity view, and hopefully in the next few months we're going to talk about living in view of eternity here as a body. Because it's so important to think beyond the here and now. And he said, God, your hand, may it be upon me. I don't want to move away from that covering. I don't want to be in a position where I don't experience your blessing and your covering and your protection over me. Even though I am blessed, even though my borders are stretched, I will do it all under your hand. Not in my own strength, not in my own efforts, but with you by my side. And then the last request he made, and the worship team can just join me. We're going to take a moment to respond. That you would keep me from harm, that it might not bring me pain. It's interesting, when you study this prayer in the original context, it's so important for these things to go back to the way it was written and understand the words. 
It doesn't mean that he needs to walk and evil needs to stay on the side. It's a little bit more like what Jesus taught us when he taught us to pray. Lead us not into temptation. He was saying, God, in my walk with you, of being blessed, of seeing stretched borders, of being under your mighty hand, please let me walk in such a way where I don't come against evil and where I experience more pain. Can you imagine how desperate a plea this was for Javis? who was called pain. All children come into this world with some form of pain, right, ladies? But this guy was called pain. And he said, God, from this moment on, when I walk my walk and my lifestyle of worship before you, don't let me fall into the trap of my own stupidity so that I cause more pain to come upon me. Let me walk in such a way that I stay away from the temptations of the world and the evil of the world so that my life can continue to be more honorable to you than those around me. That you would bless me and enlarge my border. That your hand might be with me. That you would keep me from harm. That it might not bring me pain. And then this beautiful end result and God granted him what he asked God is a God of answered prayer he is sometimes the answer delays takes a little bit longer because he's busy with some things in us it doesn't say there that God granted it immediately might be that in the course of Jabez's life God started adding the things that he that he's asked my question to us this morning and where I had to pause this week and, and ask God is, God, do I just serve you for the material and blessings and successes that I could get? Do I serve you in this position and posture, knowing that if I bow my knee, the word says that if I draw near to God, he will draw near, that you would bow and bend down and reach out to me as well. Lord, forgive me for the times where I asked for blessings on my terms. I want to have biblical blessing, which is the fullness of sovereign God and almighty God that you have for me. And whatever it looks like, Jesus, I desire that. Lord, forgive me for the moments where it's been about me and what I can do and the platform that you've given me, where it's not been about your honor and the advancing of your kingdom. But I pray, Lord, that you would give me more to do for you so that more people one day could be with us in heaven saved by your grace that these names can be moved from darkness to light the crowns that we're going to receive in heaven one day with those names in it so therefore Lord give me greater influence Lord I pray that I would do all of this in submission and in humility because your hand is great Lord your hand can do this and take me out I don't want to ever move in a place where I'm outside of your covering Lord, and in that, lead me in such a way that I don't fall into more pain. So wherever you are this morning, I want you to take a moment to respond to God. Maybe you do feel completely like Jabez. You say, Pierre, yeah, when you say the word pain, it just, just comes up. God is for you. He's ready to grant you an answer to your prayers. It's ready to move you from that position. 
if you too choose to live a life of honor and worship to him. All of us will go through pain in our lives. His heart is to turn that around. So, however you know that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you, I want to give you an opportunity to speak back to Him this morning. Otherwise, we just leave the room and we didn't get to worship in response to the Word. I don't want the band to sing. I'm just going to let them play. So you just take a moment. Say, God, in everything I heard this morning, Holy Spirit revealed to me how I need to adapt and change so that I too, like Jabez, can be called more honorable in this world today. Thank you, Holy Spirit.